Welcome to Dorks on Sports, a podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me here today is uh, Curtis Eastwood, as always. Curtis, how are you? I'm doing well. Yeah, I, I think that's <laughs> I think that's where we all are. Yeah. Alana, how, how, how are you holding up over there? Fire Ken Norton. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that like Groot, but I don't have the vocal. Yeah, yeah. Fire <laughs> Norton. That's all you're going to say today. It's just okay. fire kit. You're getting the campaign started early. Yeah. 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 It, it seems like we always have one of these uh, fire Ken Norton campaigns that get started every season that he took over. It's just, this one is starting like super early. It's he doesn't know what he's doing. I at all, agree in any way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you know, who does know what she's doing? Millie Meckler. Hey, I am doing all right, recovering, Yeah, licking our wounds, ready for the next yeah. week. Those wounds, it's, 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 it's like that needs full-on surgery. Like this wound runs deep. All right, so the Seahawks are looking to get back on track after uh, a tough overtime home loss uh, against the Tennessee Titans. We go into a hostile crowd in Minnesota, and we just get throttled. I mean, absolutely. This game was never really close. Uh, And I have to say, this is maybe the most embarrassing Seahawks team I've seen than the 2009 Jim Mora Jr. team. Like, this was a hard game to watch. At about halfway through the fourth quarter, I I just kept having this reaction of uh, grabbing the remote control and just turning the game off. Uh, And and that is not uh, a reaction I've had in a Pete Carroll coach team where we're always just kind of in it, where you always just sort of feel like even when things look bad, um, we're going to be able to like get some stops, take the ball away, take the ball down the field and just have a chance to win this one. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, Alana, is this team broken? Uh, no, it's fire Ken Norton. Like, honestly, the, the, the broken parts are the defense. Like, and if we could actually, Hey, can I, uh, I'm recording. Can we just a little quieter? Thank you. <laughs> um, like they're playing off the studio, receivers. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're playing off the receive. The quarterbacks are playing off receivers five to 10 yards. They have no way of stopping a pass play that comes in and both, um, DJ Reed and Trey Flowers said, it's because I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this defense because Ugh. the scheme is bad. And so, like, it seems to me like what's happened is that Ken Norton, so they had that come to Jesus after the Buffalo game last year where everybody got together and was like, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm doing. Uh, and then they did it, and the defense improved over the back half of the year. They went away, they had their offseason, Ken Norton comes back in and is like, yeah, but I really want to get this defense installed using the exact same language, the exact same protection schemes and all of those things. And then, but, and really generally the same players and they couldn't understand it because Ken Norton can't communicate at all. And thus it's the same problem, exact same problem that we had last year. 
We don't yeah, have but I like for so, somehow it's even worse. And yeah. the, the most frustrating thing to me about this Seahawks team is that like I, I, I really feel like it's a Jekyll and Hyde team because there are moments where this team looks like it could be the best team in football. We have the personnel. We, I, you know, Pete Carroll is, is one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, and it's just not this defense, especially it, like there was a moment when uh, we were calling a blitz against cousins who was just picking it apart the entire game. And Bobby Wagner showed his hand early. <laughs> Kirk cousins went, you know, uh, look at the middle linebacker, middle linebacker, middle linebacker. And then he been, and all I saw, you know, I, you see Bobby showing blitz and I was like, Oh, it's going to be another one of those where uh, the tight end is going to get behind the linebackers and cousins is going to get the ball out and they're going to get like another 11 yards. And it's exactly what happened. I, 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 I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, they're not playing man with the corners because they can't trust them. Um, uh, the linebackers uh, look like they don't know what they're doing. Here's what it looked like to me. You know, we're all show business people. You've all been in a play that, you know, is a dog. Like, you know, it's just a terrible, terrible production that you're in. That's what Bobby Wagner looks like out there right now. I was like, Oh, I recognize that look on his face, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, Curtis, it, it's, it, it, sometimes it seems to me that this, this team just maybe has no faith in its coach. Like has Pete Carroll lost this team? I think he's running in danger of doing that. I really do. I uh, uh, I woke up this morning, started putting the finishing touches on my little blog piece, and I didn't even go into this last night when I was drafting it up and typing it out. But I started to think, uh, could this be it? You know, could this yeah. be the end of? And you know, there's been this there's been this goofy war on Seahawks Twitter about like you know. Uh, whether or not the Seahawks need to get rid of Pete or they need to get rid of Russell Wilson. I've always been of the opinion that if one of them is going to go, it's going to be the quarterback just because Pete has so much control. He's vice president of the team. You know, mm -hmm. he's got probably more control as a head coach over an NFL franchise than any other coach in the league, including Belichick. Right. Like he is just, he is, he is. And, and, and I think he has final say on the GM decisions. Uh, yeah. I think he, I think he, I mean, a lot of people blame Schneider, I think for, you know, recent drafts, but I, I got a feeling it's, it's Carol going like, yeah, I want that guy there. And Schneider's going like, okay, here we go. You know, they paid Schneider a lot of money uh, to keep him here for five more years in this last off season. And it was speculated that they had to pony up because he was ready to be out. Yeah. You know, they just, they made him, there was, there was competition with Detroit. He, Detroit was looking to lure him over there. And so I just sort of started to think this morning that, you know, careful what you ask for with Pete Carroll uh, getting out of Dodge and maybe getting the boot by Allen. If he's like, if this team uh, underachieves this year, because the next head coach that comes in here um, thrown out an example, Doug Peterson, he's from Ferndale, Washington. I actually went to high school with him. Um, <laughs> I, he'd love to be up here coaching the Seahawks. I can practically guarantee that like, you know, 
It's right. another Jim Mora Jr. right there. Uh, no. I mean, local guy Bowl coming winning, back. Uh, he's a yeah, Super Bowl but, winning head coach. I would, sure. I would put his resume over Jim Mora Jr.'s sure, any day of the like, week. It's the same archetype. But I would just say that I'm not convinced that in that scenario, Russell Wilson would be the ideal quarterback for Peterson to have. He comes from the Holmgren, Andy Reid tree. And I think they like the taller pocket passing quarterbacks. I don't think he wants to monkey around with some guy who can't, you know, no, it, well, and- throw over the middle of the field. So there's a chance that we could see a total blow up. I mean, we, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't bounce back and play well against the 49ers and the Rams and this season just, you know, as we're going to be in the whole, like, you know, one in four, yeah. you know, um, I think then- I, do, I do think that there's a lot of, there, this is a lot of Twitter reaction, right? Like this is too big. There's, there's definite, there's, Twitter, I, I get that, there's, but like, there's, this there's is definite too, Twitter reaction, but I'm just sort of, two I'm, teams I'm, who are good. Like Minnesota lost by bad field goals in the first two games. Yeah. Tennessee is two. Tennessee is a good team. Like, and I, I just think we have to acknowledge the fact that the start of our schedule is hard. Millie. And I have to can say, we, can we, know, Hey, hi, hi guys. Hello. Hello all. Um, do you think that this is how they're talking in Kansas city? Cause we got the same right. record. Like I know that we're all down and we're all feeling it and we've been going through it all day. And I'm usually not the one who's like Seahawks have it all. But at the same time, we're recording a little later than usual. So maybe we're a little tired here, but mm-hmm. it's not that bad. It's all fixable. It's all doable. It's all the beginning of the season, which means it's, it's all there's time here. And I think this much frustration and anger, we can go one way or we can go the other, but we got to give ourselves a couple more games on this one. If for no other reason, then it's the beginning of the season and we're not the only really good team that's sitting at one and two right now. Pittsburgh right. is and, too. And like one of the things that I, I like to say is, uh, you know, watching a Pete Carroll team for the last 10 years, um, he's never been great in September and October. You know, his teams always kind of get coached up and then make a run at in the latter half of the year. That said, like what, you know, a, a lot of these issues to me seem um, like, really broken and I, I i think that the seahawks have the personnel to fix it uh uh but man it looks bad millie what would you say like what do you do you see things in this team that can improve particularly on defense and what are those things well i mean now you want me to talk in realities which i'm not nearly as good at <laughs> yeah <laughs> I just saw the we look on four. Curtis's face and I just wanted to turn it around. We are dorks on sports, but we're also homers on sports. I know. So we're always, we are looking for the bright side. I know. I mean, I don't think that we need to, you know, hit the, hit the nuclear option button quite yet. Quite yet. Um, but it, what do we need to fix it? I mean, I don't, we need a defense that knows what they're supposed to do. I, I mean, though the comments that came out in that press conference and in the other interviews after the game and today really were surprising because I don't yeah. think we've heard the players talk that way before. Yeah. 
yeah. or it's been many years since we've heard that many players. It's not like no one's ever come out and been like, man, I don't know. It's this, this, and this, but to have that many players from, from both sides of the ball coming out and being like, I don't, I don't know what we're doing yeah. is, um, is a little scary, Yeah. but I think it takes honesty in order to discover what's wrong and to fix it. And if everyone's and I, being honest, then there's hope. And that, I think like that is the one thing Pete Carroll is really good at is getting his team together, talking honestly and vulnerably and just kind of getting everybody on the same page. There were moments in that game where it looked like those defensive players were mad at each other because mm. no oh, they were all pointing fingers back and forth at each other. They're, they were. It, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, something's got to, they got to figure it out because we're, we have a big game against the 49ers on Sunday. And then four days later, we got the Rams, the Rams who are looking like the best team in the NFL right now. The Rams look scary. Uh, Curtis, what needs to happen? I I mean, the 49ers have a quarterback much like Tannehill. Much like Cousins, Mm -hmm. they got a great defense and they got a good running game. I mean, this is a recipe to uh, uh, defeat the Seahawks. What is it they need to figure out this week? And what is it they can figure out this week to be competitive against the 49ers this Sunday? Well, they got a Seahawks got to sort out their defense. I mean, they... uh... If you're gonna play, if you're gonna play in that that bear style defense, you got to play man. But they don't trust the cornerbacks to play man, so they're playing in a coverage that doesn't suit that defense. So then maybe they need to scrap that defense altogether, go back to the traditional, you know, three four cover three, cover three yeah. defense that Carol, which been they have the personnel the uh, to do. They have, they have, they have. They have Maybe not necessarily in the corners, but running that defense, yeah. Give Sidney yeah. Jones a shot. You know, Trey Flowers is broken. Yeah, something. I mean, you know, my opinion. I think they should go out. I think they should sign Richard Sherman tomorrow. I think they should bring in Geno Atkins tomorrow. I don't think they're going to do it, and I don't think they're going to fire Ken Norton Jr. I, Carol's too loyal. Yeah. You know, I, I, it'd be unfortunate if he ends up dying on a hill for Ken Norton Jr. I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm actually not panicked. I'm just very fascinated <laughs> that it's like it's a peak curl team we've never seen this. before. Yeah. <laughs> How about this? I, I have a, I have a proposition. Mm-hmm. We trade Dallas a first round pick for Dan Quinn back. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I was what I, I wish we wish we would have brought him back this year. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Dan Quinn has that Cowboy defense looking pretty good. Yeah, unfortunately, the Jets have our first round pick for you know Jamal Adams, who you know (laughs) wasn't making a whole lot of plays on Sunday (laughs) or last Sunday. Oh, well, um, why don't we get into our uh, our picks then, Millie? How did we do last week? Oh, oh, well, you know, not well. (laughs) (laughs) because we all picked them to win um let's see um alana had the seahawks winning 35 30 um and uh had uh, the the minnesota score right yeah (laughs) (laughs) you uh you had russell with two touchdowns to tyler lockett nope (laughs) (laughs) um which let's just for the record, say how incredibly happy I am that my pocket locket is apparently just fine. 
That was scary looking. Uh, it was, was really scary. As, as I heard it put his foot released from the turf at the exact last moment in which one's foot could release from the turf <laughs> and not cause damage to a knee. They so. didn't, the, the, the commentators in that game didn't even address the fact that Tyler Lockett was down until like well after. I'm just, they, they were terrible. Uh, and then, and yeah, then they just the showed way. the cart and like, or not the cart, but all the players yeah. kneeling. And they're just like, oh, wow, look how much everyone cares about Tyler Lockett. It's like everyone but you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mark Sanchez is as good an announcer as he is a quarterback. Right. <laughs> trousers. <laughs> yeah. Big burn. Talked about trousers. He did. <laughs> he talked about, he, he talked about like, oh, he's probably a quarterback who says trousers, yeah. which means he's and then. And then, like giving quarterbacks or or, or uh, other players on the teams nicknames that nobody's uh, that nobody's ever called them before. Oh yeah, like, Ham- what, what are you trying to do, Mark Sanchez? Right, Ham- the ham burglar, and oh, then he called him something something else later. Anyway, back to Millie. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll try to make this faster. Dan, you had Minnesota uh, losing by just two points. Yeah, um, and uh, two plus takeaways for the defense. <laughs> Uh, Curtis, how uh, many takeaways does the defense have right now for the season? Isn't one? it two? One football, one fumble in the Titans, one in the Colts, or is yeah, it just that one? Might be right. Uh, Curtis, you know. had uh, the Seahawks winning by four, mm. and and a pick for Diggs. I was wrong on all the fronts, <laughs> and uh, I had the Seahawks winning by three at twenty four twenty one. Uh, and that they would miss a field goal just because they're Minnesota. Um, yeah, we did. Instead, really, really that was uh, the Seahawks who missed the field goal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. somebody had to. Well, that game, by the way, Justin I, I Tucker some, did not miss a Justin field goal. Justin Tucker. Oh, man. That was actually really, that's, that was really cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, I read something like Justin Tucker had more yards on that uh, field goal than the Bears had all, all game. <laughs> the Bears had one passing yard for the game Oof. because. They, because they of had the 68 sacks. yards and then got yeah. sacked for 67 of them. <laughs> so I, I say this. Uh, they should have offered us more for Wilson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> things could be worse. You know, we, we could have Urban Meyer coaching. Yeah. So, Dan, what's your projection for the 49ers? I, uh, I, I don't feel good about this game. Uh, I don't see the Seahawks getting back on track here. Um, I think it's another one of those. Uh, we're going to put up some points, proud, mostly in the first half. I'm going to say probably three touchdowns and a field goal uh, and lose it by, you know, six. I don't know. I'm just not feeling good. I, I, I just see Garoppolo carving us up like Cousins did and like uh, Tannehill did, and they're going to run it down our throat. Um, until they could show me otherwise. And, you know, this Waldron offense has the potential to just put up massive points. And for some reason, he just backs off everything in the second half. I don't know why it, it just, uh, he's not doing the aggressive thing and the pre-snap motion stuff and like the, the no up tempo. I, 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 I just don't get it. I, I'm embarrassed. Ah. So I'm hearing um, 24, 30, 49ers, or do you want to go higher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Curtis. I'll Hmm. I'll be happy to be wrong. 
What's what's uh what's your projection there? The Jimmy G led 49ers will be triumphant next Sunday against my Seattle Seahawks. I'm going to say 27-23. Seahawks will get some points, but they're just not going to stop Jimmy G. And, you know, they don't have... um, They don't have KJ Wright to snuff out the screen pass. That's Mm -hmm. the other thing I've been noting. Look how Seattle got all those screens. Man, Jordan Brooks... KJ Wright used to take that away all the time. Yeah. yeah, I just saw that they're getting a uh, Nick Bosa back next week as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alana, what's your projection here? Um, I don't have a lot of faith in the 49ers offense like you all do. I don't think that this is going to be an attractive game to watch. I think that it's <laughs> going to be like 18 to 16, and I think it's, I think the Seahawks are going to pull it out. I. Uh, are they think, are they going to do it in like twenty seven seconds and beat uh beat one up Rogers? Uh maybe. Like I, my, my gut is that they're going to. We'll see a good first drive. We'll be, see a good drive at the end of the half, and we'll see a good drive at the end of the fourth quarter, and everything else in between that for the Seahawks is just going to be trash. Yeah. Um. That, but the Niners won't be able to get anything going because they're they. I mean. What did they score against um, Green Bay? Uh, Philly, right? It was like nineteen to seventeen against Philly. That's and then they were, what's that? that? A mutter. Yeah, I I get that's the vibe I'm getting from this one. Okay. Okay. Seahawks always play San Francisco tough. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. true. They they do kind of have their number. Yeah. So um, I will say, yeah, Kyle Shanahan is one and. Th- three at home against the Seahawks and I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that what we said last week is true this week that that anger can maybe push us past some stuff and uh, I want to see the Seahawks actually pull this one out I think that the um, the random running game for the 49ers is is gonna not work for them and uh I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be a super high scoring game. I think we get one of those magical Russell Wilson two minute drills that we haven't. That'd be nice to see. Gotten to see. And uh, I'm going to take this one to Seahawks 21 and 49 or 17. Mm. I like it. I, I'm rooting for you, Millie. Me too. Well- <laughs> I want to be wrong. So we had that bad game, uh, you know, with the Seahawks, and then we lost another heartbreaker with the storm and overtime <laughs> and knocked him out of the playoffs. That was super sad. But the Sounders are back on top in the West. We got the Kraken, uh, who everybody said, where's the offense? Where's our offense going to come from? And they put up five points in a meaningless game. But uh, <laughs> are you showing your, your boots? Yeah. <laughs> All right, try to show you a Kraken shirt, but you know what? It doesn't work with the background. So we just. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and then we got the Mariners who yesterday, uh, well, they had already won the series against the Angels, but they won another, they won another game and uh, they're making it real interesting. A lot of stuff still needs to break their way. That's okay because the games, it's just been really fun to watch this September. You know, it's been fun to watch. 
that said, yeah, I mean, we we've talked about the Mariners. We we've said what we need to see from them and 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 what we expect from them. I want to go in a different direction, Ooh. Millie. I want you to tell me who is your favorite Seattle Mariner of all time. Oh no, of all time. Yeah. Of all time. Oh, like other than Griffey, right? Like, I mean, Griffey. No, no, no. Griffey's not my favorite, actually. Um, I would go with Edgar Strong Martinez. Words. Ed, uh, sure. Mm. Yeah. Come on. Ed- Edgar's a lifelong mariner, of course. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm taking the easy road out <laughs> with Edgar. Yeah. Like uh, he's, he's great. He's wonderful. My favorite super throwback, though, has to be uh, Joey Cora. Mm-hmm. That was oh, the Mariners. Yeah. And uh, there was just something a little special about, about Cora. But all time, I got to go with Edgar. I like it. Alana, how about you? Favorite Mariner all time? Um, so I personality-wise, kind of, um, play, it's Ichiro. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the dude was, the dude was, he was kind of a prick. Um, but like, I remember one time he was, but he was hilarious too. He was flying to Cleveland and somebody asked him a question. And he's like, why would you think I would ever choose to fly to Cleveland? Um, and it's it was so funny because Ichiro like presented himself as this like nice, wholesome guy. Mm-hmm. And like underneath it all, he was a heel. Like he yeah, was oh, a troll. Absolutely. And he yeah. loved it. Yeah. yeah and totally. I mean, like the, the way that he just like used the fact that he was Japanese to fuck with people. <laughs> because they didn't expect that he understood English, but he yeah. was very fluent in, yeah. in English. Um, it just cracked me up. Uh, I, I like that about him. I was also at the game where he got uh, the uh, the tying or where, where he bo- broke the hits record. Um, uh-huh. So that was a pretty big deal for me. I do want to say that I'm going to go the opposite direction for my other player. Instead of going deep cut, I'm going to go new team, current team. And it's JP Crawford because the way that guy runs for every base at every moment in time, it is invigorating. I yeah. love that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like his life depends on it. Hey, absolutely. Curtis, favorite all time mayor? Jay Buhner. That was going to be mine. The bomb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We did it again. Yep. Uh, I just, he's so goofy. Yeah. Uh, and I just love the way he stood at the plate and that sort of like, he always just did this little thing with the bat <laughs> and it was always like just right up against his chest. And it was just like, what the hell is he doing? But he yeah. knocked, I mean, he was good for like 30 home runs a season. Yeah, and then he's a, you know he, he stayed here. He he's a he's a, he's a hometown guy now. Yeah, yeah, uh, very blue collar. Yeah, I was, I love Jay Buhner. Yeah. Uh, I I mean my you know I lo- I really love those '90s teams. That was kind of the um, the Mariners I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I, I I would say if it wasn't Jay Buhner, uh, it's also Randy Johnson. Oh god! Just yeah. uh, as dominant a pitcher as you can get, uh, but oh yeah, there was a, like there was a grit, there was a toughness about Randy. Like you were kind of scared of Randy Johnson. He was intimidating. Yeah, he was really intimidating, and yeah. like you know, the Seattle uh, uh, teams don't really have guys like that, like just mean. And uh, yeah, uh, Randy Johnson. I mean, his nickname was the Big Unit. I mean, you gotta really have <laughs> an attitude to pull that That's off. Right. Yeah, his face looked like he was spat out chewing tobacco yeah. <laughs> right. like it's just like oh yeah 
after after uh, like a, a shot of nails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I, fun I, question. I, these these Mariners are fun, and uh, I think I don't know where are we at right now. So we're recording this Monday. It's about nine thirty. Is the the game over? Yeah, yeah bottom of the six. We're we're in the. I can't. I don't have my glasses on, but I think we're in the six, and it's uh, eight four Mariners. Um, there you go. I'm changing my position. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm feeling magic. I'm looking at what the Is this something are about doing mm-hmm. in the National League. The Cardinals have won 17 straight games or something like that, and are now firmly in the playoffs. And I feel like the Mariners are going to win five of the last six, uh, and then. You know, Boston and New York are playing each other. One of those two teams is going to lose. He's going to drop some. Yeah. And uh, Baltimore doesn't, I mean, doesn't have the easy, or sorry, not Baltimore. Uh, Toronto doesn't have the easiest schedule. So I, 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 I'm, I'm feeling the magic. Yeah, I want it to happen too. more than I think it's going to happen, but yeah. Well, you, I want it. You dorks. Welcome to my world of hopeful Mariner life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We we need something right now because the the Seahawks aren't giving me a whole lot of hope. Oh right my now. god, dude! I can't I can't watch another defensive effort like that again. No, I, I know. Can't. I'll it just was, have to turn off uh, the TV every time the defense takes the field. Uh. <laughs> We're just gonna have to ask Curtis to tell us about the latest episode of What If instead of talking about the Seahawks. Ooh. I don't mind that. Yeah, we can break down some what if. The what if, uh, uh, like our Jekyll and Hyde Seahawks, also a Jekyll and Hyde uh, TV series. Starring Why David Why don't we go down on this? We're, we're leading into the dork out segment. I know Alana mm. has some strong opinions about what if. I do. I, I, you know, listen, oh, this is yeah, a, this I saw is, that on the uh, Facebook. That was, this is a very was, salty third episode. So I say, let's lean into it. Alana, give just lay it on me. Give me the let's just oversalt it here. Yeah. I want your salty what if opinions. Every single episode has ended formally in the exact same way to one another. So you have the T'Challa episode where it's like he's coming out and then like, Oh shit, everything goes wrong for a hot second. You've got the episode with Killmonger where um, it's this this whole story is how of how Killmonger is taking over uh, Wakanda. And then all of a sudden, right at the very end, they leave this little nugget of, uh, oh, but um, Pepper Potts and Killmonger's or uh, T'Challa's sister get together and they're going to stop him. And then at the end of the zombies, fucking zombie um, Thanos. Uh, Thanos shows up. At the end <laughs> yeah. of the dumbest episode that they've done this thor nonsense that they did where it's like oh if thor didn't have a brother then he would turn into a total frat boy and it's like he already was a frat boy like why is it that having this messed up relationship with your brother is going to turn you a a different direction and like save you from being a complete douche nozzle and then we get to the end of that and then oh look it's ultron and with the infinity gauntlet yeah like what like you you don't have to have a like twist right at the end of every single episode it's lazy storytelling and it just makes these things feel even more ephemeral than they already are but then at the same time the chiefs at marvel are coming up out and saying oh these are canon these are totally canon and it's like what the f- I mean, like, I get that you have stories you want to tell from the comics, and I get that these feel like more like the comics, but if you're telling me they're essential to watch, 
then give me something essential about them. The only one that's been in really any way entertaining for me and that I would choose to watch is the uh, the zombie one. I love and the zombie one. Parts of the Carter one. The um, the well, second one I really the, liked the, the Doctor lot, Strange the, the one. The Doctor Strange one was awful. I hated the Doctor Strange one. I was like, okay, like this is this story has been told billions of times. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely Congratulations. Yeah. Like you're telling, you're doing, and the fawning over it, like I understand that you have a connection to it and I'm not questioning that connection to it. Um, I've specifically Daniel and Curtis, I'm not sure where, where you stand, Millie. Um, but like, there is so much better storytelling in so many other different places. We don't have to give all of our money to the same company. We can watch <laughs> other things. We can engage with other narratives that exist in other places. And then finally, the animation sucks. It sucks. I'm I'm sorry. There's no alignment with the with the 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 sync is completely off in every scene, and then you've got these like, oh, sorry. And the voice acting, it's like you don't have to hire the same fucking people. Like it's, I'm only watching it at this point because I've been told it's canon. <laughs> I like it. No, this is uh, you. Uh, this, this, this is exactly this is exactly the emotion. I, I want an out of you. I, I, I happen to both agree with you about the storytelling and I kind of love it for the same messy reasons. I love it because I think comic book storytelling is super messy. And I really love that they're sort of embracing that ridiculousness in the what if. I also tend to think, and I, I don't know if this is true. I tend to think that the what if is building towards something bigger. Um, That's just and, because they've told you, oh, maybe we're building towards something bigger. They're not actually yeah. delivering that. Everything is so, it's just all fucking strands. And I get that it ties into Loki and that's fine. Loki's the best thing they've done in it decades. Is. I mean, with the exception of Thor Ragnarok, there's no, there is, and um, into the Spider-Verse, which is kind of like tangential. Marvel adjacent. Yeah. Marvel adjacent. But like those three properties for me, I mean, into the Spider-Verse is one of my all-time favorite movies, full stop, without, I agree. outside of genre. Uh, and then, Loki is is probably a top 10 TV show for me. It's phenomenal. Yeah. And then and then you go from that kind of storytelling to this like whatever sticks at the wall. Now they're going to do a zombie Avengers movie like because that because people like that what if episode. There was actual conversation about that. And it's like what but why just like don't what you what they're trying to source what stories they should tell on top of everything else. They're like, what are people reacting to? Okay, that's the direction we're going. We don't have an idea for phase four yet. So let's just plummet from this fucking cartoon. I have to say, I have only seen, I think it's the first three of these and, and they're entertaining. Um, but it does feel a little bit, having heard sort of the premise of all of, all of them, it when you talk to small children and you ask them to tell you a story, um, ah, where ah, they ah. go with it, like, oh, and then this other guy shows up and he has the gauntlet. And <laughs> we're just like, yeah, no, okay. those stories tonight at bedtime. A girl woke up on an airplane and she was seated next to people who looked like her parents but weren't her parents. And then she went up and found her parents in first class. But guess what? No one else could see them because they were ghosts. It's like, okay, I guess we're, this is, this is a what if episode. And Curtis, I have taken a lot of space 
I have sucked no. a lot of oxygen out of this conversation. I apologize. I know that it's something that you have a deep care about. I think that that's because you grew up on the comics. I did not. So I'd love to hear I actually opinion. tell you the truth. I, 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 I read comics uh, up until probably I was like 12 or 13 and then I stopped. And so I've enjoyed the MCU when they've sort of hit upon certain touchstones of go like, oh yeah, you know, like when I saw the Doctor Strange movie, cinematically, like just stylistically, visually, it looked a lot like the comics of Doctor Strange that I was reading when I was like 11 and 12 years old. And I was really into Doctor Strange because I was kind of a weirdo, you know? So it's like, I feel like the MCU exists to sort of take me back to where I was like a 12 year old kid. Yeah. You know? Well, and, I mean, and, that's, and, you know, that's what they're doing. They're really hitting yeah, that. Yeah, those nostalgia yeah, buttons. Yeah. On. And, and they're doing a good job at that. I think. Yeah. And, it, and, um, and, and occasionally they do something completely amazing. Like Ragnarok. Where it's just kind of like, you know, yeah. 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 Well, before we end this uh, podcast, I, I, I want to end it on a positive note of things I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, so I, I, I have a few things I'm looking forward to in terms of things I'm dorking out about the, the, the first one is, uh, the opening credits for the live action Cowboy Bebop reboot, uh, just dropped. And I am so fucking excited for this. It was the original music. Uh, they're really finding the artistic style of, uh, the original anime while making it sort of like their own thing. And, um, and I'm just super excited about that. The other thing I'm excited about is uh, the new James Bond movie is coming out pretty soon after like uh, a year and a half of, uh, you know, it kept getting pushed back. And, uh, and lastly, um, uh, there's a TV show coming out on Amazon Prime uh, based on the enormous uh, high fantasy series, The Wheel of Time. And uh, that was a series that I started when I was like a 13 year old kid and uh, and like read with my mother, like that's something we read together and talked about and everything. I have deep, deep emotional attachment to this and uh, and it looks like everything that I want it to be. Um, so there's some things coming down the pike that I'm very, very excited about. Yeah. All right. You know what? I, I, I think Millie's right. I like where Millie's headed. I think the Seahawks are going to get this one against San Francisco 49ers and, uh, mm. and, and, and we're going to write the ship, right? Yeah. I think positive. All right. Ooh, Mariners are now up 11 to four. Oh, there's something positive for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use that for like my sports emotional uh, regulation for the next week. All right. Uh, catch us every Wednesday, uh, you know, Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, my name is Daniel for Curtis and Alana and Millie and the rest of the Twelves saying good night and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Fire Go Hawks. Go Hawks.